Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain was this month's episode of our Woman in Supply Chain series. I was super excited to talk to Shauna from Wayfair all about her journey through banking into technology and now in supply chain for Wayfair. It's an incredible story and I cannot wait to share it with you. So if you missed it, don't worry. Go to podcasts at letstalksupplychain.com and check it out. You can also check it out under our Woman in Supply Chain page over on letstalksupplychain.com as well, or wherever you subscribe to the show. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. E2Open is an end-to-end supply chain software platform helping the largest companies in the world with the most complex supply chains in the world. They are partnering with their customers on collaboration, visibility, network connectivity, and handling disruptions. And they see that the ultimate value lies in people and meeting their needs. That's why they partner with their customers. If you are looking for an end-to-end supply chain solution, check out e2open.com. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. What an incredible month. We are in July and at the end of June, we announced that we have been franchised to Let's Talk Supply Chain Asia Pack, hosted by Jonathan over in Australia. And we are so excited to have him host his own show under the Let's Talk Supply Chain brand. We've also got some amazing new live stream shows like Abby's coming in hot with Abby Baird, all about the next generation and what you need to know about entering into supply chain, or maybe you want to change your career. So go and check that out. It's the last Thursday of every single month. Plus, we've got some hot new shows coming out this month, as well as next month as well. Stay tuned. We are stacking our content just for you. So today I'm joined by a global business which provides software and complete solutions for driverless mobility and goods transportation. Do you have any idea who it might be? Well, I will reveal it after the question of the week. So the question of the week, what skills, experiences, competencies have you brought to your role in supply chain that has made the most impact? Peter said, this is a great question of the week. It will certainly have folks thinking about their skill sets. Mine are putting to use practical problem solving and networking skills combined. One is sure to find the best path forward. Knowing your limitations and where to find the right resources are key to success. Years in sports as a player than a coach has taught me to look at things in a different manner by soliciting feedback and asking questions to understand the situation, then formulate a plan to address it. Shneha, great question. Let's talk supply chain. I would like to add the importance of soft skills in this field and what I brought to the table, the skill of working with people and bringing the best out of them, creating a platform to innovate, allowing teams to take risks, fail and learn, and of course, always embrace change. Supply chain is ever changing and we are always learning. Xavier says, Um, There are many skills, but the new key ones that you need in supply chain are be digital, IoT knowledge and application, and AI applied. 
Um, and then about experiences is the key to have experiences where you lived other functions like manufacturing, sales and marketing. So you will understand deeply what your internal customers need to be able to synchronize company processes to serve your customers. What an amazing answer. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed to our question of the week. We do ask it every single Wednesday morning and we can't wait to hear and feature you coming up on an episode. So now back to today's podcast and which truly innovative and forward-thinking company is joining me today? Well, it's Easy Mile. Easy Mile's driverless technology is at the core of award-winning solutions for mobility, intralogistics, and more. With quality delivery and real-world deployments, their certified expert software is bringing autonomous vehicles around the world in over 300 locations and more than 30 countries to life. Today, Joseph Holmes, Director of Sales at Easy Mile, joins me to chat all about the company, what they do, the amazing technology behind their solutions, and the role autonomous vehicles play in the future of the industry and the world. But before we dive in, let's find out a little bit more about Joseph. Joseph works within the business development team at Easy Mile North America. He has led the business to grow by more than 200%. Joseph has worked within public transportation since 2005 as a fierce advocate for mobility for all. He has made a name for himself in the public transit industry, having been featured in Mass Transit 40 Under 40. Joseph holds a Bachelor's of Honors in politics, politics and International Relations from the University of West of England and a Master's in Business Administration from the University of New Hampshire. Self-described as energetic, Joseph is a keen triathlete and marathon runner. He was able to represent his country in rowing a few years ago. This high level of sporting achievement requires discipline and prioritization, a focus which is also evident in his work. So welcome to the show, Joseph. Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure, pleasure to be here. I am so excited to have you here. I mean, what the team at Easy Mile are doing is really incredibly exciting. I mean, the idea of autonomous vehicles really does seem like a taste of the future. And I know all of our listeners will be intrigued by your solutions and inspired by your entrepreneurial spirit. So let's just dive right in. So my first question to you is, can you give us a bit of background into how and why the company was founded? Tell us a little bit about, you know, Easy Mile's journey since that point as well, because I think it was founded relatively recently in 2014, but you've covered quite some ground in that time. So tell me, tell me the story. It's brilliant. Yeah, thank you very much. I always like to start off and say that in the grand scheme of things, when it comes to uh, autonomous and automated vehicles, being around since 2014 actually makes us now quite an old company uh, <laughs> in, the, in the grand scheme of things. But the, uh, the story is actually quite funny. Our CEO, a guy called Gilbert Gagnier, uh, was rock climbing uh, after quite a hiatus from previous ventures. Uh, and he just thought, you know what, I'm really up for a new challenge. Uh, and then he got a call from a contact group with a bunch of engineers all got together and they were developing this driverless software for passenger shuttles. Um, and I think he was personally touched upon the fact that he lived in Singapore with some just horrendous congestion within the cities. Uh, and the phrase that always kind of captured my imagination was he wanted to reclaim the cities. 
He wanted to reclaim these cities just from all the congestion, the pollution, all of that type of stuff. And that, I think, really sparked his interest. And the rest, as they say, uh, is complete history. So 2014 uh, is when we were first founded. Um, and our company headquarters is in Toulouse, France. Um, I usually follow that up with some horrendous joke about how there's nothing to lose about being set up in France. But uh, no, to be to be in Toulouse is absolutely fantastic because it's a uh, great hotbed of innovation. Um, you know, we're pretty much next door to Airbus uh, and being in the same kind of facilities and same kind of environment as them is fantastic. And we also initially set up our first office in Singapore, uh, where we share quite a lot of the research and development um, with our technology between there and Toulouse. Uh, and then in 2015, we started running with passenger shuttles uh, in Switzerland upon a campus. And then in 2018, we made that transition where we realized that the code, the development and everything that we're doing for passenger vehicles is actually extremely applicable for uh, industry. So we partnered with a company called TLD. And in 2018, we automated a tow tractor. Um, and then our first deployment was at the Stellantis factory in Sochaux, France where we're doing indoor and outdoor uh, material handling there. In 2019, we then moved to our first airport deployment uh, in Narita, Japan, with Japan Airlines. In 2020, uh, we won um, the IFOI Award for the International Intralogistics Forklift Truck of the Year, which is pretty wow. uh, something we're pretty proud of. And today, yeah. this now in 2021, uh, actually in April of this year, uh, we just raised uh, 66 million US dollars uh, as part of a, our last fundraising, uh, fundraising round. So it's been a hell of a few years for sure. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the brief overview of where we are and uh, how we are today. I always love getting to know a brand through their story. And congratulations on all of those milestones, right? They're they're really, really important to um, a company, to the culture, to the team. But you started off on a mountain. You started <laughs> off rock climbing. And the idea, you know, the founder started off rock climbing and look what it has snowballed into. And, you know, and I know my audience loves hearing how you go from rock climbing to 66 million in, in funding rounds. I mean, just incredible. So let's talk about, you, you sort of mentioned some of the things that you've done over the years, but let's talk about what exactly it is that you do. So describe it to me, what exactly you do. Sure. So uh, the most important thing to realize that Easy Mile does is by heart, we are a software company. Um, and what that means is we work in tandem with leading OEMs, uh, leading manufacturers, in order to bring what we do best on the technology side and what they do best on the vehicle manufacturing side. And together, uh, we work and um, produce automated vehicles. So on the passenger side of the business, uh, we partner with a company called Ligier, uh, they're a well-known European OEM. They actually used to be a Formula One racing team. Um, so I always like to say that the innovation and the technology came from Ligier, not necessarily the speed of the vehicles that we, uh, we produce these days, um, but definitely that mindset um, is where we started with Ligier. And on the um, autonomous tow tractor side, we work with TLD, who are actually one of the leaders in ground support equipment. Um, so you usually see all of their products at airports, whether it's the tow tractors, 
the um, airport, the actual airplane tugs, all of those type of things. So it really is a perfect relationship where they do what they do best in the vehicle manufacturing, and we can focus purely on um, the software, work together, and create autonomous vehicles. That is amazing. And, you know, I know the first question on everybody's lips will be, how does it work? I mean, how can you possibly have driverless, completely autonomous vehicles? It's almost futuristic, right? You think about the Jetsons when, when I mean, at least when I was younger. I don't know about you, but when I was younger. And, you know, a lot of times when we're talking about this kind of technology, People think that it's far in the future, but it's here and it's now. So talk about that. How does it work, you know, and um, what does that look like? I think both yes and no. So the concept of having individual cars zipping up and down the highways, fully autonomous, uh, yes, is still years away to have that full, almost utopia of autonomous driving. Um, The interesting thing is in the right environments, in the right use cases, you know, autonomy is absolutely here. You know, within industries, we've had AGVs uh, for years running around uh, warehouses and industrial sites. And it's just the concept of bringing where the technology is into the right environments today um, is a perfect match made in heaven. So our vehicles are basically armed with an army of sensors, creating a real live 360 degree view uh, of their environments. And they work by pre-mapping the entire environment where they're in. So that essentially means the vehicles are driven manually ahead of time. They download their entire route, their entire environment. And simply for us, running in autonomous mode is overlapping what we've previously seen to what we're seeing in real time. And provided, of course, those two things match up, we have autonomous driving. Um, The interesting things can be set. So deviating. So say, for example, the route was blocked, we can go around it if it's safe to do so. You know, Mm -hmm. I always like to describe that us running in autonomous mode is essentially us having running on predefined railroad tracks. You know, Mm -hmm. ahead of time, our engineers lay down the tracks and they can sometimes lay down passing sections. Um, But it really is just as simple as that. We use everything in our environment in order to have that autonomous driving. Amazing. And I know you're going to paint us a picture a little bit later of, um, you know, how it's working specifically for one of your customers. But I just keep thinking about the efficiency of what this brings to an organization. And we're going to get to safety in just a second. But the efficiency, because if you think about it, right, um, people walking to and from buildings, right, you've got one building that's producing you know, one product, and then you've got another building that's producing another product. And the time that people, people, humans are taking to go between and potentially have to drive something because potentially that product weighs a lot and can't be carried with them, right? And maybe it's one product at a time. So I'm just, I'm just really thinking and picturing the efficiencies that your solution would bring to a company that has, you know, that sort of dynamic. Absolutely. So you're absolutely right. One great example would be taking uh, forklift um, journeys. So today, for example, on warehouses, you load up a forklift and then you drive that pallet, that delivery to its end location. And that's just a one-to-one type 
process that could be going on all day. You know, the great news of having the Tractezy, which is essentially a tow tractor, which you can load up like a train, is you have that forklift operation, but then you're putting that load onto essentially a train, and then they all go to that one location. So you're actually saving time on the loading and then on the delivery with this autonomous uh, tow tractor. But then the other use cases would be replacing existing tow tractor type operations. You know, and we come on to we'll come on and talk about the existing use cases that we've got uh, later on. But we really are replacing existing tow tractor operations as well as forklift operations with our uh, autonomous outdoor AGV. Amazing. Amazing. And I remember because I used to work in a warehouse. Right. And we used to handle elevators. Right. And so having to take elevators on and off trucks. Yeah you know, the amount of time that it took, I think it took a whole shift for it to be moved and things like that. So I can only imagine the, just the, the time savings, but let's talk about safety, right? Because, you know, now you're talking about forklifts. Um, you're talking about areas where there are human beings working. And I'm sure that this is definitely something that everybody's thinking around about, right? You know, how does that work, right? The next question is, but is it safe? So safety must be, you know, it almost must be your biggest challenge, both in technology, but maybe in sales. Is that something that comes up a lot for you? And, and what would you say to those that have that question around safety? So absolutely. Safety is um, the forefront of absolutely everything uh, that we do. Uh, I always like to say that we at Ismar don't necessarily set safety as um, a goal, um, you know, you have so many companies say safety is our number one goal. Uh, I like to argue that actually it's an outcome. Just look at it simply like that uh, of strict processes and well-informed employees um, on our technology. So that's definitely ingrained to every single um, member of our uh, team, whether it be around the world. Um, so that's obviously the most important thing. Um, yes. The safety is it's in a, quite an intense topic because you can get down into so many different rabbit holes, whether it's from cybersecurity to the safety of where the vehicles are uh, deployed to their absolute operation um, and us as a business. Um, for us, it's a very pragmatic step-by-step -step approach. So for any site where we're deployed, um, there's two major documents um, that we create. The first one's a site visit report. So for example, we have a client reach out to us and say, hey, we're interested in deploying this solution. I think it makes sense. Come onto our site or you know, here's a bunch of videos of the process, um, tell, tell us more. So we'll create a site visit report, which is essentially um, picks up some of the major risks and outlines some of the mitigations that we're trying to in place. You know, I'll give you one example recently. Um, one of the routes has a four-way intersection that crosses a public road. So us trying to figure out ways to safely cross that road with railroad crossings, all of that type of stuff, are some of the things that we discuss uh, in the site visit report. That then evolves to say that all parties agree that we want to move forward to an actual deployment to what we call a site assessment report. And sometimes it can be over 200 pages worth of just everything um, from you know actually shipping the vehicles to the actual deployment, to the training, absolutely everything that we do with our clients is outlined in this document, which um, carries with that all of the safety um, pieces. 
I will say that we are the only autonomous vehicle company within this space, passenger transportation and material handling, that is ISO uh, 2015 certified, um, nice. something that we're unbelievably proud of to achieve. And that really mm -hmm. does go back to the fact that it is ingrained into absolutely everything that we do. Yeah. The vehicles, the vehicles all run on the same type of principle. So we have LIDARs, odometry, IMU, stereo cameras, GPS, uh, and probably some more that, again, I'm venturing into dangerous territory. I'm not an engineer by trade. I work with people <laughs> much smarter than me um, that, that have that knowledge. But essentially, we fuse all of that information together and ensure that everything that we do comes back to um, that safety approach. Amazing. Amazing. And because you are ISO certified, that to me alone means that that's something that is obviously top of mind for everybody at Easy Mile and top of mind for your customers and the industry as a whole, right? It's not just about you. It's not just about your customers. It's about their team members, but it's about the industry as well, because the more technology that we implement and autonomous and automated that we implement into the industry, we want to make sure that everybody is definitely, definitely well protected. So you operate a couple of key vehicle solutions, which we, we've touched on. So tell us a little bit more about those because they're so impressive. I know that the Easy 10 is the most deployed autonomous shuttle in the world, which is just incredible. And maybe touch on, because I know you name them different things in different parts of the, the world. And I'd, I'd love to know a little bit more about that. So what it, exactly what is each vehicle and where should they be deployed and why? So if I'm sitting in the audience and I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, this could be a really good solution for us, what could that look like for me? Or what questions should I be asking myself? Absolutely. So um, firstly, on the passenger uh, side of the business, you're absolutely right. The EZ10 really is uh, one of our two main flagship products today. Um, you're absolutely right. The most deployed autonomous shuttle uh, in the world and something we actually hold 60% of the global market share wow. for uh, autonomous uh, shuttles such as that. So something we're very proud of. Yeah, I love the names and the innovative ways that clients come to uh, name them. I will say our project in uh, Canada with a company called Pacific Western Transportation named the shuttle Ella, standing for oh. electric and autonomous, which I thought was genius. And, oh, uh, cool. yeah. and my first project here in the US uh, was, with a with, was in um, Arlington, Texas, um, and they named the shuttle Milo for uh, Mile Zero. So yes, oh. um, something that we definitely need to transition into the track easy. Um, for industry to come up with some good names. So we definitely need to um, put a campaign out to get some good names uh, for the vehicles for sure. But yes, very quickly to touch on the Easy 10 um, it's essentially that ideal first and last mile connectivity type vehicle. So, you know, we're not going to be going long distances. We're essentially connecting parking lots to um, main buildings. So within um, industrial size, it's a great use case considering... I've been to quite a few locations where it's a bit of a walk from the visitor parking directly to the assembly line, for example. Yeah. But other locations such as hospitals, resorts, universities, business parks, you know, you name it, that first and last mile connectivity for um, the vehicle uh, makes sense. And it's a fully electric um, pieces. So, you know, that's that's great for that. The Tract Easy, definitely um, within the material handling space is our answer to support industry 4.0. Uh, 
Um, it is autonomous, like we're saying, um, so it's fully driverless, but it is electric as well. And that's something that's so at the core of everything um, that our business has. You know, it's that push for the zero emissions type uh, vehicles and that push towards electric, which I will say has been coming up more and more in conversations. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I started my career in Europe where I always feel like that was 100 percent um, that electric move within city centers, for example, was something so important. And now I'm starting to definitely hear that being mentioned much more, whether it in city centers um, or uh, within industry as well. That focus on electric um, has definitely um, come up. And the reality is the capabilities of electric now is so much better than they have been. You know, mm -hmm. our tow tractor can tow up to 25 tons or 55,000 pounds um, wow. from either a lead acid or lithium ion battery. So, yeah, the capabilities are just mind-blowing when you think about that so yes Amazing. our track our track easy um which is a little bit unique is it can operate both indoors and outdoors so we have some clients for example that have this tow tractor just moving directly within the warehouse just moving uh, product and material from one side of the building uh, to the other think for example down a warehouse or down a um, assembly line yeah. Um, but but other locations, it can go both indoors to outdoors, and we can definitely talk about that later. But industrial yeah. sites, logistics centers, and even obviously airports, where the product was also designed for, um, is what the Tract Easy does. Um, and then the really exciting thing, just to finish on, is uh, it does it is designed to run twenty four seven. So we can set up opportunity charging uh, for the lithium battery ones or um, battery swaps for lead acid. And we are working in a consortium in Europe as well, uh, H2020, to ensure that all weather conditions um, are something that we can operate in. Side oh. note, um, we can definitely operate in the majority of weather conditions today. But when we're talking heavy, heavy rain, heavy, heavy snow, uh, that is just a challenge for uh, auto autonomous industry today. Um, so it's something that we can do, but we're learning and being able to do better. Um, so, for example, if it was a rainstorm, our vehicle may go a bit slower as it tries to filter out the difference between rainfall and um, different obstacles. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, just as a side note for the industry. Um, well, I think that that's great, but you're also, you're also working on that too, right? Like you're, you're collaborating with other people in this space to make sure that that's not something that could be a challenge in the future. And I like the fact that you also talked about charging because I was going to ask you, <laughs> you know, what does that look like? Do you have charging stations? So when it just like drives through, it kind of charges or do they have to stop and charge? And, and like you said, there's a, there's a battery function, but what you were talking about in the warehouse as well, like it can go from a picker to a packaging station. Right. And so that picker doesn't need to leave that section of the warehouse to be able to get that product over to the packaging um, section so that they can get the product out, which I think is a, an awesome, awesome use case. And I think the other thing that you mentioned is that you can be easy mile um, can be a huge component of somebody's sustainability plan. Um, in, you know, being able to help with some of those CO2 emissions from some of the vehicles that they're traditionally used to using. And so if you're looking at your sustainability plan and trying to figure out what that can look like or what can replace, you know, um, 
certain vehicles that you're already using to make CO2 emissions uh, be reduced. And so you can put that as a part of your marketing as well to be able to let your customers know that you're working with companies like Easy Mile to be able to help with that sustainability plan and be part of that planet initiative, which we all we're all talking a lot about what you mentioned previously as well. Definitely. Um, yep. Yeah. And so one of the other questions is around implementation, right? So when we think about technology, we think about this like robust implementation. So what does that mean? Because your, your vehicle solutions are supported by, you know, a, a set of services and you can help with implementation, integration, training, all the technical aspects. So how Tell us what that looks like. Is it a long implementation? Is it easy? Is the training fairly easy? And how do the employees react to your solutions? Absolutely. Well, everything at Easy is Easy Mile, right? It kind of goes yeah. within the within the name <laughs> of the company. No, sorry, that was that was bad. But uh, I will say that um, in order for us to be a sustainable company, and that's us sustainable, we need to ensure that we train as much as possible the end client in order to work with, deal with, and maintain uh, one of our products. So we're committed to having as light a footprint as possible after the initial deployment. So whether that comes to training you on, or training the end client on uh, fully maintaining the vehicle, um, which is key, to actually setting up your own routes. So once you've got familiar with the technology and we've trained you in order to effectively use it, um, you can then essentially deal with this as you want. So we will give you the keys to run with uh, as much as possible, um, which I just think is so key. When you come to these type of vehicles, um, and especially AGVs, a lot of vendors will just be you know, saying, this is our vehicle, we'll set it up. And if you need anything done to it, we will also, we'll fly back and um, deal with it. But mm -hmm. the reality is on these, some of these plants that operate 24 seven, you can't wait week, two weeks for a deployment engineer to come out onto site in order to set it up, maintain it, fix it, do whatever. So it's just not sustainable for us. And we wouldn't be in business in a few years if that was the model that we had. You know, I'm speaking to you today from our um, North American headquarters here in Denver. And there's a team of about 20 people here. Um, and to support all of our deployments, yeah, it doesn't make sense not to train that end user uh, as much as possible. So yes, we provide all of the training, all of the uh, integrations, and those integrations can come from a fleet of APIs as well. So say, for example, you have your own fleet management software, you have your own warehouse management software, you know, you name it. Um, we can provide you the APIs of our vehicle position, what it's doing, so it can implement and integrate into your system. Alternatively, you know, we've also deployed in um, areas where maybe we don't have any vehicles running, but you want our fleet management software. That's something mm -hmm. as well that we can do and we have done with clients around the world as possible. But yes, when it comes to uh, the set of services and everything that we do as a business, our job is to train that end client to be as fully self-sufficient as possible. Awesome. And it's easy. And what kind of reaction do you get from their employees when you implement something like this? So twofold. I'd say on the passenger side, um, if somebody was, for example, to ride in one of our shuttles, within the first five, 10 minutes, 
it's fascinating. You know, everyone's got their phones out, they're recording everything, saying, right. look, there's no driver, all this type of stuff. But after that initial excitement, it's just immediately um, people know they're very familiar with the concept because it's traveling relatively slowly. It's very smooth. It's very safe. People get bored of it almost immediately, which is exactly <laughs> what you want. You don't want anybody getting on a bus thinking this is a roller coaster ride. Um, yeah. So that's more on the passenger side. I'd say on industry, where we've deployed at warehouses and manufacturing plants, honestly, it's just this is the norm now. There's no real like, wow, this is incredible because you know, AGVs have been around for so long. So people are used to things driving without a operator or something uh, driving, essentially. Mm -hmm. I'd say the only difference with this is there is a steering wheel, there are brake pedals, accelerator pedals. So it does look a little bit strange initially because it mm -hmm. is a vehicle that's not, um, is operating, but we have obviously flashing lights and it clearly there's stickers and everything on it that says this is an autonomous vehicle. Um, but it kind of goes back to that, conversation we were having earlier about the site visit report and the site assessment report there is a lot of work that goes into um the ramp up to a deployment so kind of maybe a um we'll have like a public outreach campaign or something um letting employees know in a warehouse that hey you know we're going to be operating this autonomous shuttle or this autonomous um, tow tractor just be aware so there's a lot that we can do before the vehicles have actually even got there on yeah. site to have that initial deployment not be, this is crazy kind of thing. Right. Well, and I bet that they're just happy, right? Because it makes their job so much easier, right? And they can do things a lot more efficient and they can do things a lot faster as well. And so that's one of the things that I like to hear as well. Um, so do you have an ideal client when it comes to your solutions? We've talked about all sorts of different sectors from factories to airports. Who, what would you say is your ideal client if I'm sitting in the audience wondering whether to pick up the phone and call you? So a client that's interested in cost savings and efficiencies, a client that's interested in um, that push to a fully electric or reduced emissions type environment. Firstly, they have to have that kind of mindset in order to want to engage in a project that would involve one of our solutions. I'd say they're the two kind of overarching prerequisites. Uh, okay. Other than other than that, you know, the pr main premise of the Tract Easy, one of its biggest um, selling points, is essentially being able to move things from one building to another, as it's probably done today, whether it's with a tractor trailer type operation, or like we were saying earlier with single forklift operations, something where, yes, we have that need to use essentially an outdoor AGV. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously having a continual flow, so a 24 seven type operation is great because then we can really start showing some of those return on investments probably a lot sooner than um, to other types of operations. Mm -hmm. I'd say today, uh, the type of industries where we're operating, just to kind of give you a, um, a sense, uh, we're operating within many automotive plants. Uh, we've got uh, a few beverage locations um, and then the pharmaceutical industry uh, are another one uh, that we're operating. Uh, we're looking to move into aviation, but that's similar to what we're doing at automotive as well. Um, so there's that. And then another type of thing to consider is the drivers and workers can be shifted into more of a uh, value-added tasks. So the key thing that we're looking to do is help um, actually with the um, shortages in um, plants. 
So we're able to then move those people that essentially were doing the meaningless jobs of transporting things from one side to another or short type operations. We can actually use those employees at much more critical functions uh, within a plan. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, you have an entire section on your website dedicated to success stories, which I love because this is, we're coming to my favorite question. Why don't you paint us a picture of how you've helped one of your customers, right? So what was their challenge? What was your solution? And what was the impact to their business? Okay. So let's take the automotive plant um, that we've got here in the U.S. in the Midwest. Um, They are essentially moving engines directly from one building, the powertrain facility where they create them, and they need to move those engines directly to the assembly line. Today, they have a manned diesel type tow tractor, um, which honestly, they have struggled so much with driver retention because in the nicest possible way is such a boring job. It's the same route constantly, day in, day out, 24-7 type operations, and it's about a mile and a half full loop um so yeah to actually have get those um engines from one one building directly to the assembly line to keep the drivers to train the drivers because obviously this is a major plant as well so they don't just you can't just rock up and then start driving there's a huge ramp up period training all of that type of stuff um so the challenge was essentially they need to move those goods fully autonomously uh, for flow optimization Um, so we started speaking with them back in 2019, um, and we're obviously now there with three vehicles. Um, but the conversation really spoke about, uh, how can the tractor easy, this indoor, outdoor autonomous material handler, um, operate not only in the weather conditions that we have here, because they have all four seasons, it's a continuous Mm -hmm. flow. So how do we make sure that we can set up opportunity charging? So, We don't have to take the vehicle offline and plug it in. It can just, essentially, as it does today, it rolls over this opportunity charging plate um, as part of the flow built in. And it's charging about percent every minute. um, And every loop it makes, it loses about 6 to 7% charge. So essentially, it just constantly runs at 100% um, before each run, which is great. Um, And yeah, I mean, the impact, it's been about 18 months and we've already got a return on investment, um, nice. which is just, yeah, which was, again, one of the key prerequisites for the flow. But for us, and able to do that and build that in as quickly as we have done has been a huge win, I think, for the business and for all of us. Um, the f- optimization um, for cost and flow has been key. And yeah, to now have those um, employees that were driving the tow tractors actually now at critical functions within um, the supply chain um, is just, yeah, I think that's been a huge win for us. So yeah, that's a great use case. And with that client, we're hopefully going to be able to be in a position to talk much more freely uh, about it in a few um, in a few months. So awesome. yeah, very excited to be able to talk about that more. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, 18 months to full ROI. I mean, that's, that's amazing, especially on an investment like this. And just thinking about all the efficiencies that you created from start to finish and the opportunity charger. I mean, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. I didn't know it was an actual thing. So I'm glad I'm glad (laughs) you brought that up. So finally, we are at the end of this interview. And I think you and I could talk for a long (laughs) time about all of this. But what does the future hold for both Easy Mile and for the landscape of autonomous vehicle solutions? 
Sure. So as for a company, as for Easy Mile, like I think we were saying at the start, um, we have just raised $66 million uh, in April. So that is able to position us to basically complete uh, our product roadmap and technology whilst accelerating um, our international expansion and basically give clients exactly uh, what they need. Um, our CEO has fundamentally said that it helps continue our growth trajectory. Um, and um, yeah, it's something that we're ready to bring a lot more products into the commercialization um, aspect awesome. and continue to kind of leverage the strengths of what we've done on the passenger side and on the material handling side. You know, within the autonomous outdoor AGV type industry, um, there is eventually going to be um, tighter competition. Um, so for us to be able to have more use cases, for us to be able to get to product faster um, is definitely going to be key. So working with our uh, manufacturing partners um, and then just, yeah, keep delivering um, our solutions in a flexible way. Every client is different. Every use case, every need for our solution comes with its own different challenges. So being able to answer all of those and then having that continual, you know, safety never stops. You know, it's something that we always have to continue to refine the stuff that we always learn when it comes to new sites. Mm -hmm. And then that feeds back into the product roadmap. Um, and then, yeah, just continually being that cost-effective leader uh, for all of our clients in the answer for automated solutions. Well, I cannot wait. I mean, from what we've talked about today, I mean, your roadmap and the future at Easy Mile just seems so exciting. And I can't wait to watch what you're going to do. I mean, what an incredible business, right? Honestly, when I started Let's Talk Supply Chain a few years ago, I never thought I would be talking about fully operational driverless vehicles in 2021. I mean, it's so impressive. The potential for your technology is just incredible. And this conversation has me really excited to see what else you guys have in store and what the future will bring for all of us. Thank you so much to the team at Easy Mile for making this possible. And thank you to Joe for joining us on the show today. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having us. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. If you'd like to hear more, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com forward slash podcast to check out the latest. You can also use our category filter to check out some of the solutions to your biggest supply chain challenges. And remember to come back next week for episode 209, where I'll be joined by David of Skill Dynamics. They are doing some incredible things in upskilling in supply chain. You're not going to want to miss this because if you're a business that are looking to upskill, you want to listen to this episode and hear what David has to say because they do it in a completely different way.
If you enjoy our podcast, there's a few ways to support the show. You can follow us. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Clubhouse. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Let's Talk Supply Chain, and to our newsletter over at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com forward slash shop. And remember, go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode because we want to hear from you and we want to share your reviews with everyone in this community. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.